Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Hello and welcome once again to the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management and the man that we turn to each and every time here on the podcast for great guidance and advice through this financial world. And Scott, great to chat with you once again. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Walter. How about yourself? Uh, Doing fantastic. What's been going on in your world? You know what? I was just this morning, I I was reading, did you hear about this girl, Sarah Thomas? Sarah Uh, Thomas, no? Mm Mm-mm. So she is from Colorado, and she swam the English Channel four times nonstop. Four times? Four times. One wasn't enough. Had to do it four times. And so that's like 80 miles. But with the current, it turned into 130 miles of straight swimming. Wow. What do you mean with the current? Just like because well, it was kind so of the winds at an were, angle. were making, you know, she was like going against the current and it made it, you know, she would, you know, would push her back a little bit. So it turned oh, it up actually, okay. the distance would be 130 miles. Wow. And uh, yeah, the crazy thing about it is she, she's a breast cancer survivor that just finished her treatment last year. It's just crazy. I mean, what a motivational story. I can't, I, I was reading that this morning. It kind of stuck with me because I'm like, She's 37 years old. She swims the English Channel four times. I mean, what a great motivation for people, you know? I just don't understand how the human body can be pushed, and not just the body, but the brain, the mentality and the the mental aspect of it can be pushed to such limits. It really is incredible when sometimes it's a struggle just to like roll out of the bed in the morning, and then you've got somebody swimming the English Channel four times in a row after defeating breast cancer, and just it's motivational, but at the same time, it's like, what am I doing with my life? You know? <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I should be doing a whole heck of a lot more. I, I can't. You know, I I couldn't swim across the pool in our in our development. Right. I mean, right. Oh man, that's amazing. 130 miles. I guess it's just a testament to being able to put your singular focus, you know, into one thing and saying, I am going to do this. And then you train and train and train for that one goal. I think us everyday people just, you know, we don't don't have that luxury to just zero in on one particular aspect, perhaps. So we end up being decent at a lot of different things, but we can't quite dedicate our lives to just this one potential goal. And, you know, make all the sacrifices to reach that one thing. So, I mean, it's a choice to do those things. And it also allows you then to go to that step. But still, nonetheless, I mean, that's an amazing feat. Well, they say it's like 90% mental. I mean, you know, obviously physical is one thing, but, you know, telling your body not to give up, you know, when you're 80 miles into your swim, Mm. it's just crazy. Yeah. I used to run cross country and, uh, you know, I felt like it was quite the accomplishment to do a 5K, and I was still ready to die after every single race. And then it's like, what are you supposed to do when they're like, oh, now we're going to run 10 miles on the next meet? You know, that's going to be the next thing you kick it up to. And there's people out there running half marathons and full marathons, making it look easy. It's just wild what people do. Or those ultra marathons. I mean, I, I, I've never been a runner. I mean, the most running I do is the bathroom. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> I just don't enjoy running. 
well, at least you uh, can make it to the bathroom on time with enough speed. That's good. Yes, yes, that that is important. <laughs> with that, we'll turn the page to today's conversation. <laughs> yes, we've got a good conversation on tap for today. If you've ever had questions about life insurance and retirement and whether it's even needed, you'll want to tune in for the end of our podcast today. We've got a good question from Tom on that topic. But our main topic of conversation today is going to be talking about responsible savers. And the idea here is that even responsible savers make mistakes, Scott. I mean, I think even people who have been responsible with their money for years and years, entering retirement can be a challenge for them still because it's a different stage of life and it brings with it its own changes and complications. And so I want to talk about some of the missteps that even the most responsible savers out there still make from time to time. And hopefully this will help somebody avoid making one of these missteps in the future. Do you see this one a lot where people get too enamored with cash? Just for some reason, it's elevated to this level of priority that becomes almost detrimental? Well, you know what? I would tell you, Walter, probably the the majority of people that come in and see me have a little bit too much in cash. And, you know, the golden rule is always you should have six months of, a, of living expenses in cash. And, and that's a good golden rule. And I kind of bend the rules a little bit because definitely, I mean, I get it. You want to you know, drive by your money every day. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy when you look at the bank and you, you know the money's in there, but you're losing a lot of, of purchasing power just having that money sitting there not doing much for you. And I understand what I say by bending the rules is that, you know, I think everybody's a little bit different. Some people do feel more comfortable having a little bit more cash than maybe that six months, but we need to have a conversation. You need to realize that, you know, th- you're going to be in your retirement 20 plus years more than likely. And there's a different strategy to investing once you get in retirement. And if you think about 20 years ago, how much a home cost or how much gas was or, or how much it was to buy a car. I mean, just to give you an idea, the average home price in the United States was $154,000 20 years ago, and now it's doubled to three twelve. So, you know, if the cost of everything doubles in a 20-year time period, you can't be in the bank collecting dust earning 0.2% on the majority of your cash. So, like I said, I know people feel comfortable, but, you know, you don't necessarily, there are conservative investments. You don't necessarily need to be in the stock market. There's other alternatives there that we can utilize that we don't take that much risk, but are going to give us a little bit of a better yield than we're going to get in the bank. Yeah, that's a great point, Scott, and a common problem, it sounds like. Cash isn't a bad thing, but too much of it, as with everything in life, right? Too much of a good thing can uh, have a negative impact, and we see that with cash sometimes. And there's other alternatives and better strategies and uses for some of those dollars from time to time. Something else we see a lot with responsible savers, Scott, is they take on too much risk still. Even if they've been relatively risk-averse through their, you know, responsible savings lives, when it comes to retirement, uh, that all the time gets out of balance for folks, even when they don't suspect it. Well, you know, that's the opposite of the first person, right? So this is the guy or person that, you know, they've been working their whole life. They've been saving their money. They're cranking money in the 401k plans and they got it all thrown in the stock and it's been working well for them. And then when they get into retirement, they think that, hey, you know what, that worked well for me so much accumulating money. 
you know, I can just continue to do that in retirement. And, and investing in retirement is much harder when you're in that distribution phase, when you're trying to get money out. There's things you need to deal with, like sequence of returns and a lot of nerdy stuff I won't necessarily get into right here. But you know, now you're not working anymore. You can't build that savings back up as easily as you could when you were working because you're putting money in every month into that retirement plan or saving it in the bank. So, you know, we definitely want to get that market growth, but we want to also get a balanced portfolio where we can have a lot less downside risk in place because I'm sure everybody remembers 2008. I mean, between 2007 to 2009, you know, the market dropped 50%. You know, 2000, the tech bubble. I mean, what happens if you retire and you've got all this risk and you're investing aggressively and then another 2008 happens? It messes up your whole plan. You might not, your money may not last you as long because don't forget you're taking money out now. So it's not as quickly going to be replenished as it was before. So the key here is to work with a professional, a fiduciary that's going to help you design a balanced portfolio. It's going to hedge from that downside risk, but still give you that upside growth. You don't want to have too much risk in retirement. Scott, I know that these are just a couple of examples of some of the content and the uh, ideas that you talk about in your tax-free retirement toolkit. Sort of a great starting point for anybody who's entering that retirement phase of life or starting to plan for that uh, you know, next phase or next stage of life. Tell us a little bit about what you've put in the toolkit, who's a good fit for getting that, and I'll tell people how they can get a hold of it. Yeah, you know what? It, it's a great kit that we mail right to your house. It's got a bunch of different goodies in there. It has a book that talks about the taxation of your IRAs and 401ks called Diffuse the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. We've got some literature in there, some, some good information on picking a good advisor for you in your retirement. So it's a kit and I encourage everybody to go and grab and you know, anybody that's about ready to retire, just got into retirement, is concerned about taxes in the retirement, this kit is a great jumping off point for you. If you want to get the tax-free retirement toolkit, it is free itself. All you have to do is text the word tax-free, make it all one word, smush it together, tax-free, text that to the number 31996, and you'll get a text right back from us that you can click on, put in your information, and get that tax-free retirement toolkit delivered to you. Again, all you have to do is text the word tax-free to the number 31996. Nine nine six. You can also order the toolkit online if you happen to be at your computer now or able to pull up your smartphone and get to the web browser. Skyboxasset.com is your place to go there. That's skyboxasset.com. We'll put the link to that website in the description of today's show as well to make it as convenient as possible for you to click on and go check out that resource. Just wherever you're listening to the today's show, no matter what app you're using, just check the description of the show and you'll see skyboxasset.com linked in there as well, as well as that texting information. We've put that all in the show notes or in the description of today's episode. So again, get your tax-free retirement toolkit by going to skyboxasset.com or text the phrase tax-free, all one word, to 31996 to get the toolkit. We're talking, of course, about these mistakes that even responsible savers make. And Scott, another one that I think we should bring up since we're talking about taxes here is the tax time bomb. Uh, kind of a, an aggressive phrase, I suppose, but one that a lot of people are leaving themselves exposed to, even the responsible savers among us. 
you know what, Walter, the majority of people that come in to see me have not even thought a whole lot about the taxes and the retirement because no one really talks about it. Their CPAs not covering it with them because usually CPAs are, are busy preparing your returns and they're not necessarily addressing taxes 10, 15 years from now. And a lot of advisors aren't very knowledgeable on a lot of this stuff too. So it's not being talked about a lot, but it's an issue that's really near and dear to my heart because the IRS has a lien on your, on your 401k and your IRA. And most people don't realize, hey, if you've got $500,000 in your IRA, people think, hey, I got 500000 Reality is you don't have 500000 The IRS has a lien on that. You know, it could be 22, 24%, up to 30% when you're talking state, local, and federal taxes in there. And so you don't have all that money available to spend. But if you do some proper planning, you can actually get yourself in a spot where you can start minimizing those taxes later on down the story. And a client of mine that I've had now for a long time, when he first came in to me, he came in when he was 70 and a half. And one of his issues was he had just had his taxes done. And he had to start taking his required minimum distributions out of his IRA when he turned 70 and a half. Well, when he did that, he was thinking, okay, well, I have to take $20,000 out of my IRA so that, you know, I'm paying 22% on it or whatever the tax rate was at the time. And yeah, my taxes are going up four grand. No, it went up a lot more than 4,000 because it also made 85% of his social security and his wife's social security taxable. So his Taxes went up six, seven grand, whatever the number was. I can't remember at this time, but that's something else that people don't realize. And in his case, you know, at 70 and a half, we, you know, we were able to do some different things to minimize some taxes in the future. But, you know, obviously we couldn't, you know, change it right there at age 70 and a half. But if you start planning earlier, we can get to that point where you're 70 and a half, where we don't have that, that high taxation. And, you know, another great opportunity is this tax code that we have right now. This tax code, as it stands now, is in place till January 1st, 2026. But, you know, these taxes are probably some of the lowest we're going to see in our life. So we have an opportunity now to do some strategic planning now in order to, you know, reduce those taxes later on in, in retirement. Such an important piece of the puzzle, the tax side of things. And I think we just overlook it, Scott, because... Well, we kind of view like there's nothing that we can really do about taxes. The government's going to say this is the amount we owe, and there's you know a handful of things we can try to do to re you know minimize that burden during our working years. But for the most part, you know that you're going to walk away with you know two thirds of your paycheck approximately, and the rest of it's going to get lost to some of these different uh, you know tax burdens or tax uh, you know benefits that are out there, depending on how you look at it. And so we kind of uh, take that same mentality into retirement when it doesn't have to necessarily be that. That way, we do have some flexibility and some other ideas we can implement. So, kind of just a change well, you, in, in mentality needed there, right? Yeah. Well, you know, Walter, you know, there are several tax-free investments we can utilize, and it's all about planning and getting prepared ahead of time for these things. Because if you get things in the right types of investments and the right types of accounts, it's going to make a dramatic difference and allow your money to even last longer in your retirement. Last but not least, let's end this conversation on a positive note here, Scott, and kind of funny, uh, responsible savers, almost all of them, it seems, fall into this category, and it's why they've had so much success, but they kind of need the advice when they get to retirement to live a little. 
some of them are so responsible that they've forgotten to kind of enjoy the benefits that come with having been a good saver. You know, again, this is something that's very, very common. You're focused your whole life saving, accumulating that money. You get there and you're scared that if you start, if you take that cruise or you take that you know, trip to Europe or you do any of these things that you're going to mess up your, your you're going to run out of money later on in your retirement. And what it all comes down to is simply having the confidence and confidence comes from having a good plan and strategy in place. My clients, when I'm done working with them and we're done creating that holistic plan, they're going to know exactly how much they have. And they call me up or even ahead of time and say, Hey, you know, every year I want to take a trip here, here, we got to put five, six, 10 grand away to take this trip. We build that in that plan and, and they have the confidence to know that, Hey, I can spend money. I can do these things, enjoy myself, and I'm not going to run out of money. So it's all about having that plan in place. That's going to give you the confidence to go out there and live because you, you should be enjoying your retirement. That's what it's there for. You don't want to stay locked up in the house watching Wheel of Fortune all the time. You know, yeah, get out and do things and have fun. So the plan gives you that confidence. Yeah, that's a great point, Scott. And again, if you want to get that retirement tax-free toolkit that's very helpful that we talked about a few minutes ago, we put the ways that you can get that toolkit for yourself, a free resource in the description of today's show. But again, you can text the phrase tax-free, just make it all one word, tax-free, to the number 31. 31- Nine nine six to get the toolkit by texting from your smartphone, or you could just go to skyboxasset.com to get the retirement toolkit about living a tax-free retirement. Well, Scott, appreciate you walking us through that conversation. Even responsible savers make mistakes. That's the lesson on today's show. And if you find yourself kind of making one of the mistakes that we've outlined on the program today. Uh, let that be a little reminder, a little red flag, a little, uh, little birdie on your shoulder telling you, hey, you need a plan in place so that you can avoid these kinds of things. Even if you've been good for a long time, you want to keep it that way. And uh, you might need some outside help if you're vulnerable to some of the things that we've talked about on today's show. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott Searles just a little bit better here on the show as we sidestep all the financial conversations. Just to throw a fun question at you, Scott. This week, I'm wondering, what would be a job, if you had to do something other than be a financial advisor, of course, what would be a job that you'd be terrible at, that you would just, you'd never pick up, you think you would just be terrible and you'd get fired for it? (laughs) Well, yeah, that is a good question. And, uh, you know, I tell you, I think probably the job that I would be most terrible at when actually being a waiter. It's not because I could not be a good waiter. It's because I go into these restaurants, I see how mean and rude people are to the waiter or the waitresses. And I, I don't know if I would have the patience to be able to deal with Mm. people like that. So, uh, so I would just be, I mean, they would be complaining about something all the time, and and I would just get so aggravated and frustrated with them. I get frustrated if the kitchen doesn't get the food out and the guy's yelling at me, <laughs> and and I just wouldn't have enough patience. So I think I'd be horrible at it because of that. Because I don't think I could tolerate people that were not very nice. Yeah, that would be difficult. Uh, that would definitely be difficult. I wouldn't be able to do it because of my memory. I, for some reason, have a terrible short-term memory. I try to be a good listener. I feel like I can be a good conversationalist, certainly. The personality, the getting along with people, throwing some jokes, being attentive, all of those things I'd excel at. But I wouldn't be able to remember anybody's order or what they're drinking, whether it be diet or not diet. I don't know how 
they keep that straight. That to me is impressive. Anybody that keeps all that straight, all the different tables like that and can take your order without writing anything down. Amazing. I don't know how they do it. No. And what about these people, these waiter waitresses where you have a table of four people and they're just, you're rifling off your order. They don't write anything down and it comes out perfect. Yeah. Those are impressive. The ultimate. Yeah. 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 I don't know how those people do it, but I guess just like anything, like the lady that swam the English channel four times, it doesn't seem as impressive, but in many ways it is. And, and in many ways, it's the same formula, probably repetitions and just studying and knowing your stuff helps you achieve those different things. But I just have such a bad memory. I can't imagine doing that task. So I think I'd get fired as a waiter as well. I'd be a better bus boy that had like the qualities of a waiter to like chat with people and, you know, be personable, but without having to remember anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I just so, write everything so you, down, I suppose, would be the other uh, the other solution there. Yeah, and then if you're a busboy and someone's, you know, not very nice, you can simply just leave. Yeah, yeah. Just go or, to another, move to a different area, clean some different tables. Or accidentally you know? spill something on them and say, oops, sorry, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you and I sound like we'd be a bit devious when it comes to our waiting skills if uh, if, if we had to enter that realm. Well, thanks oh, for sharing yeah, that absolutely. with us, uh, Scott. And I, I, I can see that, that you would struggle with uh, all the, some of those elements that come along with that particular job. Let's see what's happening in the minds of our listeners today, Scott, as we open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, today's question, which, by the way, if you want to submit a question, you can go to skyboxasset.com and submit a question to the show from there. Today's question comes to us from Tom, and here's what Tom is wondering. I've heard people say that the only kind of life insurance you should ever buy is term insurance. Is that true? You know what, Tom? Never or ever is a very strong word because that certainly is not true because it does depend on your situation. So term insurance is meant mostly and designed to be an income replacement solution. So while you're working, if you have term insurance, sometimes offered through your employer and you buy some additional by yourself, that if something were to happen to you and you were to pass away, that it would pay out and take care of your family and replace your income for a while in order for them to be able to continue to live their lifestyle and and send your kids to college and all that fun stuff. But permanent insurance also has its own place and permanent insurance is going to be like whole life, index universal life, variable universal life. A lot of these are used for estate planning purposes or for tax planning purposes because insurance is one of those truly tax-free alternatives that we have out there to be able to put money in. So you can use something called a life insurance retirement plan to help create some tax-free retirement for you, you know, income for you in your retirement. We also, from an estate planning purposes, sometimes will utilize permanent insurance in order to help pay some of the taxes on some IRAs or something when it gets passed down to the kids in order to take care of some of those liabilities. So there certainly is a need for both types of insurance, but they have different situations in in which they should be used. And a good financial professional is going to help guide you to which ones of those work best for you and how much of that insurance that you need. 
That's a great point. And a good question, Tom. A lot of people have that on their minds. Not just a, uh, I think the kind of add on question here to put a bow on the conversation, Scott, is that, you know, it's not just what type of insurance, but should I have insurance at all in retirement seems to be then kind of the other popular insurance question. Yeah, absolutely. And for a lot of cases, yeah, there's no need to have insurance at all. You know, I just had somebody in here the other day, a new client, and we were talking. You know, they don't have any children. They're in a situation where that you know they've saved a great amount of wealth, and they've got everything positioned in advantage where you know we really don't. There's not much tax advantages with the insurance, so we really don't really don't need any type of life insurance. Now they did have some need for you know some long-term care type of protections because they wanted to make sure that all their money they saved their whole life wasn't going to be spent on a nursing home facility. So, you know, we did have some protections put in place there, but life insurance, yeah, not everybody's going to need it. Yeah, it's a great point. If you have any questions about what we've talked about on today's show, whether it be some of those mistakes that even responsible savers make, or it's an insurance question like Tom had, anything at all that we've talked about or that's on your mind from a retirement and financial planning standpoint, don't hesitate to reach out with those questions. You can reach out to Scott by calling 888-742-0111. We do this show to help educate you about what's going on in the financial landscape, how it might impact you, and how to put together a better plan. But if you want customized advice and guidance, always helps to reach out to Scott directly. Again, you can give a call to 888 742-0111. Scott serves you throughout the greater Cleveland area. He's also got an office down in Bradenton, Florida, in case you tend to be a snowbird and uh, head down there every once in a while. Uh, The office up in the Cleveland area is in Strongsville. And if you want to schedule a 15-minute call with Scott from your smartphone or computer, you can also do that conveniently online. Talktoscott.com is the web address talktoscott.com, and we'll put that in the description of today's show as well, so it's convenient for you to click on and schedule that time to meet with Scott. Just go to talktoscott.com if you want to schedule a conversation with Scott today. Scott, really appreciate all the help and guidance on today's show. Enjoy this one, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Walter. Go Browns. There you go. We'll have another edition of the podcast coming up soon right here on the Retirement Toolbox. Thanks for joining us. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.